Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Lana Reed, and welcome back to this week's edition of Don't Box Me In. Today, I get to spend some time with a fellow writer. And, you know, there are many, many benefits to writing or journaling. Some studies show that writing makes you happier as well as leads to better thinking and communicating. And writing is also a very beneficial tool to be used when dealing with hard times, which is what my guest today allowed writing to do for him. As a young teenager in 1984, Vince Gaglioni began writing, uh, began journaling, and within a few years began writing short stories in both the horror and suspense genres. With the passing of his significant other in early 2012 and the advent of e-publishing, he decided to dust off the pen and paper and re-engage his own personal brand of journaling to collect his thoughts. I want to thank Vince in advance for hanging out with me today on the show and extend a big welcome his way. Vince, welcome to Don't Box Me In. Hey, Lana, how are you? Thanks very much for having me on the show. Thank you, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I can't complain at all. I woke up this morning. Everything else is minor after that. <laughs> That's right. <That's> right. <laughs> so, um, Vince, I, I read on your website that um, mm-hmm. you were originally from Philadelphia and you now live in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, tell me, what brings a Philly guy to the South? Well, for me, it was kind of uh, just a change of life. I had lived in uh, Philadelphia my entire life, and I'd always thought uh, about, you know, what my life might be like if I decided to step out of my comfort zone and just take the leap, take a leap of faith, so to speak, and and start over. Um, I pretty much had a good idea of, you know, where things were, where I was going, and I needed a change. So for me, it was more of a life change. I know a lot of people here in Raleigh are transplants from other areas of the country, uh, their occupation, jobs bring them here. But for me, it was more of a, of a change just for, for me in general, you know, for uh, what I wanted to do and what I was thinking about and the experience that I wanted to have. I thought it would be great to finally go ahead and take the step. I've been thinking about moving somewhere, at least somewhere warmer, um, <laughs> because I hate the cold weather. So I've been thinking about that for many years. It's never materialized, and I thought, well, I, I'm approaching 40 years old, so... If I'm going to do it, I better get going. So that was kind of what brought me down to Raleigh. I had a friend down here, visited the area a few times. I really liked it, so I decided to take the jump. And I've been here since late 2006, so almost 10 years now. Okay, okay. Change is a good thing sometimes. Hopefully Raleigh mm-hmm. has been treating you well. North Carolina is my home state, so, okay. you know, uh, yeah. always. <laughs> yeah, Winston-Salem, correct? That is correct. That's correct. Yep, yep. So, you know, ha- happy awesome. that you're uh, finding some uh, – Finding your way there in my home state, so cool beans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool a nice stuff. area. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Um, now, like I said in the intro, you you were writing at a young age, and mm-hmm. um, I also read on your website that in your twenties you wrote this large thousand-page piece uh, that tells the story of your youth that you have uh, not published. Now, a um, couple right. of questions about that, dear. Why why haven't mm-hmm. you published it? Well, number one, it's uh, it's pretty extensive, so it documents. Uh, my life through most of my teenage years, um, my friends' lives as well. So it's kind of, it has, everyone I've, I've mentioned this to has, has said that it's kind of, it sounds like a stand by, by me type of story. 
But I, I looked at it, and it took me a year to write it. It's over a thousand pages, and I thought, if I'm going to get this out the door, I'm going to have to do a lot of work on it, and then it's going to need to be run through at least one round of pre-publication, and it just it was a monstrosity. So I decided to just shelve it for now, maybe you know put it on the back burner and see where things stand um, as as I move forward in life. But um, I just did not want to take on the the uh, the project that it, they had, it had become. I uh, didn't realize it was going to get as large as it did, but uh, and when I reviewed it, I was like, wow, there's a lot here. I mean, we're mm-hmm. talking half a million words. Like, there's no way I'm going to edit this right now. Uh, so, so, yeah, that went on the back burner. <laughs> okay, I can understand that. I understand that. So uh, maybe we can pry from you maybe a couple of your teenage stories that we might see in this thousand-piece uh of work? Uh, I think we're probably going to have to leave that for now because some of it wasn't on the up and up. Um, oh, okay, okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we kind of you know we we were a typical you know neighborhood youth and we had a great time you know and you know still had that camaraderie today with a number of my friends um, who I did grow up with. So yeah, we're just going to leave that for. for <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> so this is going to be one of those, you know, names changed to protect the innocent kind of exactly. uh, books. Yep. And there's a lot of names, so that that contributes to the work, yes. Okay, okay. So I'm going to be walking around uh, with the book in Philadelphia saying, hmm, I wonder if that was you talking about. I wonder if that right. was you. Okay. Right. Good, good talking points. A lot of things to think about, of course. Okay, okay, cool, cool. So let me ask you this. Uh, mm-hmm. why Why did you stop writing then? Well, I, um, I, I started, well, let's back up and I'll, I'll kind of take you through, you know, what I did as a teen. So I, yeah, it was, for me, it was, it was all about journaling, collecting my thoughts. And that was a large part of what I did as a teenager. And then I kind of branched out and I, I wrote some short stories here and there. Um, and then I, I went ahead and, and wrote this, this story about my youth. And then after that, it was kind of, um, just a, a change. I mean, I had a lot of things going on in my life, and and you know how sometimes you just kind of put things aside, thinking you'll get back to them. That's mm-hmm. kind of what happened with me. So you know, life sort of got in the way, and uh, I put it all down and and went about other things. You know, I had a career, I had a you know a, a wife at the time, and um, you know I had some goals that I was working on. So writing just kind of took a backseat, um, and it it pretty much remained there until the last uh, the last few years. Um, okay. So I'm actually I'm actually glad that I, I did rediscover it because as it turns out I, I think I'm, I'm it's helped quite a bit in, in just in my journey over the last few years okay. and I really enjoy doing it so I'm glad I, I rediscovered it. Awesome. So about how many years was it that you put it down? Uh, wow, well, probably 1993. Oh wow. So we're talking many many years. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking over a decade. Almost. Here. Right, and I picked it back up in 12, so we're, we're talking uh, 20 years. Okay, 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 well, welcome back, welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, the, the reason that you started writing again is is not a very pleasant one, and, it, you know, I'm, I'm in a familiar place with you uh, mm-hmm. when it comes for your yeah. reason to pick up writing again because it, it did help me in my situation as well, but you had a um, significant other, a fiancé, um, that passed, and that was what brought you to writing again. Is it possible that you could share with the audience that story? Sure. Yeah, we uh, we met in 2009, and uh, we were together for 
a couple of years. Uh, going into 2011, we had uh, started thinking about what you know we might want to be do, doing for the future and, and just thinking you know high level plans, that type of thing. And then um, unfortunately, on August 31st of 11, her youngest son, who was 20 years old at the time, he had passed away in a tragic accident. Um, so after that, life just was not the same. Mm-hmm. He just went into this serious funk and just this, this hideous downward depressive spiral that she never recovered from. Mm-hmm. Um, so four months later, uh, on January 3rd of 12, she actually took her own life. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, so for, for that period of time, uh, you know, those four months, I, I seen the worst of the worst, you know, it's, when, when you're in a situation where you want to help, you want to do whatever you can for someone, and you see that nothing is working, no matter what help you're you're providing or what help they're getting, um, you know, with all the resources that were available, and you see it's not working, it's just it's just horrible. Um, I don't wish that on anybody, of course. Terrible feeling. So for uh, for a while in 2012, I you know I had to deal with all of the different stages of, of grief and loss myself. And I found that um, every time I seemed to think that I was over the hump, I never was. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you think, okay, I'm good now. I'm okay. I'm getting out. I'm doing it. I'm living my life. And then it kind of cycles back. There's something that triggers something. You just don't feel right. You feel depressed, angry, upset. Just every, all of it comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kept coming back for me. So every time I thought I was okay, uh, I really wasn't. So after many sleepless nights, um, and, and as we rolled in through 2012, through the, the spring and into the summer, I kind of felt just exhausted. I mean, I, I could not sleep no matter how tired I was. So it was rare that I got three, maybe four hours sleep a night, like in a block. I was always up. I was always awake. And I thought... Um, you know, I, as it continued, I, I thought I needed something. I needed to find a way to try to either quiet my mind or, or occupy myself or just try to take my mind off of it. So then I, I thought back to all the journaling that I did when I was a kid, and I actually still have um, a few of those uh, handwritten journals here with me. So they're 30-plus years old. Mm-hmm. I pulled them out, I looked at them, and I was like, well, you know, this is a great idea. This is... This is something I think I need to do. If, if, if anything, you know, at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning when I'm the only one awake, I can't call my friends, I can't talk to my family at that hour of the night, I don't want to disturb them, of course, I will just write. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how the, the process got started again. And, and, and I went about it uh, just thinking it didn't matter to me what I wrote, how I wrote, I was just going to write whatever was in my head. And, and that's how I got started. Okay, okay. Now, for most people, grief is, is a very difficult time, and we all handle it, you know, various ways. Sure. And a part of the ways that you um, dealt with it was the writing. But I'm curious, did you have any other tools, uh, people around you that were there for you or helped you um, during this time? Yeah, I had um, a number of friends, good friends, who were very supportive, um, they were always there for me, whatever I needed. I also had a, a family therapist that I've known for, for many, many years, almost 20 years now. So we would talk, um, and, 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 you know, she kept an eye on me and made sure I was, I was doing okay and I was going through the process. So I had, I had plenty of resources to, to get through. But for me, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm the type of person who, 
who tried to take on everything themselves, <laughs> you know, without any help. So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I can, I can do this. I can do this. No problem. I can do this. And, mm-hmm. and it turned out, you know, I, I really couldn't. I didn't get to school. Uh, everybody does. You think that you you don't, you think you're okay, you might not be. So it, it's always good to have a support network in place. Um, but the part of this that, that I was able to do myself, uh, what really helped me was, was the writing. So that was the one thing that, that I could take on and I found that, you know, it helped me work through a lot of issues. Awesome. So how um, soon after you sat down to write did this idea come to your mind about the narratives? Well, I think I, the, the first thing I did was uh, I thought about, uh, you know, what, what I could do with it. Since it, it, these were kind of journal entries, but they were a little bit different. They were my own personal thoughts, but then it was also about, you know, uh, whatever I was, I was feeling at the time of whatever situation I was in. So I started, you know, writing down, uh, things that, uh, were happening around. So if I, it, it, it just kind of like mushroomed from there. So I, I had a few of them together and I thought, wow, there's, there's a lot here. I'm going to, I keep, I'm going to keep going with this. And after I had about, about 15 or 16 of them together, <clears throat> I decided, uh, I, I probably could go ahead and publish this. So I went through the process of getting it edited, formatting it, and then uploading it as an ebook initially. Um, so that's that's kind of how the the, the thought materialized. Uh, I realized that uh, anybody can publish a book these days. But what what I wanted to do is I thought I had a good idea, and I thought this was this is great. If if my experiences could help someone else out in the process, then it would be worth it. So. Uh, I went ahead and published. Publishing it is free, of course, uh, mm-hmm. and and it, it was it was very well received. So it was it was a great it was a great idea. I'm glad I did it. Cool. You know, and that's one thing that a lot of times people don't realize is when they're going through their own issues, um, telling or sharing their story with the world. You never know who, who's going through exactly what you're going through and how that can help them as well. So it's, you know, it's awesome that you had that foresight to say, you know, I'm just going to put this out there. Who knows? It's not only is it helping, you know, Vince, but it has the potential to help somebody out there. And I, I think that's fabulous. Vince, we're going to take our first commercial break of the day. Stay with me. We'll be right back right after this. Okay. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Today I'm hanging out with author Vince Gaglioni, who's the author of The Narratives, Keeping the Soul Alive, as long as well as many other titles. And before the commercial break, we were talking about uh, the time he, the downtime he had spent from writing and then what brought him back to uh, writing again. And Vince... I want to know, uh, you, you said you decided to e-publish this first title, uh, The Narratives, mm-hmm. Keeping the Soul Alive. Did you ever consider going the traditional route, or was e-publishing always the first thought? It was always the first thought because, number one, the work was really short. So mm-hmm. if you if you translate it down, it's about 60 pages. Okay. Um, and I thought, all right, this is, realistically, this is, this is not something that is going to be taken on by, you know, a publishing house. Um, and also the, I think the genre I was in, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a new author. I don't have an agent. I don't have any experience with this, but I figured this a way to kind of get it out there. That way, uh, at least it's out there. So I don't have any restrictions on, on, you know, someone telling you, you have to change this. You have to do this. It's going to, it's going to come out 
this, you know, two years from now or whatever the case may be. It was just, it was just something I thought would be great to, to, to just put out in the public domain. Uh, so that's how I went about, you know, coming to that decision. Okay, cool. And I think a lot of authors who are self-publishing, you know, kind of share your thoughts. You kind of, um, you keep creative control of your work and mm-hmm. it's, it's easier to see your work out there in the universe much quicker. Cause like you said, you know, with the traditional publishing house mechanism, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's two years before you can actually see your work in print on a shelf somewhere. So, you know, um, right. this whole e-publishing, self-publishing uh, has opened up so many doors for authors these days. I think it's just a, a fabulous tool for a lot of us out there. Yeah, there's been plenty of authors that, you know, people that I've, I've actually, you know, connected with online and I've read their work of, I was kind of blown away. You know, these are people that probably would never have been given the chance to publish by a tradition, traditional publisher. So it's, it's great that, that we could all put these, these, these works out there for, for the general public. So I think it's a, it's a wonderful idea. Wonderful tool, wonderful tool. Now this first narrative, um, that you put out, the keeping the soul alive. What what exactly will the reader find in there? Well, it's initially um, uh, about. It, it doesn't really go into <clears throat> the details of the you know the the events that occurred in my life. It's just kind of a a collection of my own personal thoughts, what I was feeling at the time. There's some essays out there that are you know short little you know takes on, on society, things I see happening around me as well. But it, it was it was kind of uh, just just a way to introduce me to uh, the, the audience or the reader. Here's who I am, here's what I do, and and here's here, here are the things that I'm thinking about right now. So it, it actually came at a time when I was I was feeling um, you know, I was looking at things that, that were happening. It seemed like Everybody seemed to be focused on um, things that weren't really important. You know, with this, in today's society, uh, it, it seems like there there are many people that are just driven by you know a bunch of external factors. You know, mm-hmm. what do I need to do? You know, now what do I need to do tomorrow? What's going on in social media? Um, I need to run in and get my coffee real fast and run out. So it was like the things that were happening. It just kind of made me think of it. Wow, you know, sometimes we have we have things that are that are much bigger than this to deal mm. with, and everyone, you know, why can't everybody just slow down a little bit and and and, and reflect a little bit more, take more of a personal inventory? You know, that's what I had to do at the time. So it, the essays were kind of reflective of that and what I was feeling at the time. So it was like, I guess the theme is well. Why can't we all just get along right now? There are really bigger issues that we all have to deal with in life. You know, that was that was the theme of football. Okay, you know, I think this whole stream of technology, like you said, social media stuff. It's 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 added some wonderful assets, benefits to our lives, but at the same time, you know, on a human level, it has kind of debilitated us. Um, in certain ways, you know, we pass each other, we don't communicate with each other, we right. sit in the same space, and you know, we're mm-hmm. you know heads down in our smartphones, and exactly. you know, you're not paying attention to the person next to you. So, you know, I, I can appreciate some of the things that you were probably bringing up in the um, the first narrative there. You know, just everybody, hey, slow down, and, and let's pay attention to each other, and let's get along. I mean, I just I think we're missing so much beauty in each other um, by we kind are. of tuning, yeah. Yeah, all right. It's just um, you know, well, it, for me, it was 
more of just being able to sit and think about these things and, and soak in all the beauty around me, like watching a nice sunset. You know, it's like this is this is what what calms me. This is what keeps me grounded. Well, you know, I think we all need to do that, and mm-hmm. it would certainly help. Yeah. Sometimes slow down from the rat race. Now, all this writing that you do, um, that you've been back at doing, where's your favorite place to, to write at? Well, I actually go, and I'm in, in my neighborhood here. There's a uh, coffee shop across the street, and um, it's a Starbucks, so there's a nice big patio, and I <laughs> go outside, prop my feet up on the chair, and I have a good view of the sunset every evening. So when it's warm, I go out there. That's my favorite place. And if the weather's not so great, I, I have a nice deck out here at my place, so I'll do the same thing. I'll sit out, just enjoy the, the, uh, the warmth, and prop the feet up and, and go. So, yeah, that, that, that's it. Okay, so the staff at Starbucks, they're kind of anxiously awaiting every single uh, piece that comes out, you know, then, I yeah, guess. You know, it's, it's kind of funny because that staff has turned over about three times already. <laughs> <laughs> so the crew that was there after the first book, they weren't there at the end of the second one and the third one, et cetera. So it's, now there's a whole new team there that I'm getting to know. So it's fun. Okay, okay. Well, you know, new people, new experience keeps you engaged, adds yeah. more material, you know, keeps the mind fresh. Right, so right. everything is for a reason. Everything's for a reason. Yeah. So the um, the second narrative, Dusk or Dawn, how quickly did that come out after the first one? Uh, that was that was written, actually, the first one was published in November of 12, and then <clears throat> I started writing that in January of 13. Uh, that was published, I think, a couple months later. So again, similar, similar length, similar style. Um, takes me, it took me about six weeks or so to write the, I think there are 13 or 14 entries in there. And mm-hmm. it came out around March. So there was, there was a few months between one and two. But, um, I had originally thought after the first one that, that this is, this was pretty much it. You know, I, I got something out there and this is what I was leaving behind. and I feel better, but then I thought I still had a lot that I needed to say, things that were still, you know, rolling around in my head. So I thought, okay, well, I might as well just keep going and, and start on some more, and we'll see where this takes me. So that's, mm-hmm. that was the idea behind two. So when you sit down to write, is it always, do you find yourself always um, tending to write long pieces, or is it, I'm just curious, how, what is your journaling style like? Well, they're actually, <clears throat> they're very short. Um, I would say each entry is about three or four pages, uh, maybe five times. But it, it, it has to do, each entry uh, has to do with one specific thought. So it might be one particular issue that I'm wrestling with. I don't send it, I don't branch it out in 20 different directions. So it's kind mm-hmm. of one concrete thought. And once I get the thought, I think, okay, now that I have this, I'm going to go down and I'm going to go out and sit and, and write so the thought pops into my head, and then I go write it. So that's kind of how I work with, with, with this material. Okay. So we'd see, like, uh, you know what? The guy, Jiffy Lube, really pissed me off today, and we'd see an essay kind of about that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's basically <laughs> it. <laughs> just just playing. It's kind of funny because there is one that you mentioned, Jiffy Lube, but it's, 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. It's no, no, no. But it, it directly correlates the concept. One night I was sitting sitting out and and I really didn't have anything to write. I was thinking about things, so I was sitting outside. It was getting dark, and uh, someone had pulled up in the parking lot, pulled up into a space like right in front of the patio, 
and left the headlights on. So it was this big monster SUV, and guy gets out of the car, and um, his wife is in the car, and of all things, she's on the phone. So she's tapping away at her phone. The lights are on, and the lights are shining directly in my face. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, wow, you know, he just got out, and he's in there getting the order, and she doesn't even realize that the lights are shining directly on me, and she's just sitting there tapping on the phone. So I thought, hmm, this is just this is a just a perfect uh, thought to jot down and turn this into you know a, a commentary on society. So mm-hmm. so what? So afterwards, the guy you know about ten minutes later, the guy comes out and he gets in the car, and then all of a sudden he rolls down his window and he yells out to me, he says. Oh my God, I'm very sorry. I, I can't believe my wife did this. So, and then she apologized, which was kind of funny because I thought that, you know, she wasn't paying attention at all. He realized what was happening when he got back in the car and mm. then, you know, and then they, they mentioned it. So I, I actually thought that was kind of nice of them. But awesome. yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> out there sometimes. And, you know, some of it's good material right now. Okay, okay. You know, sometimes we don't realize, we, you know, we're being uh, uh, buttholes, but, you know, when we do, to hold yourself accountable for it and say, hey, you know, I screwed up. Right, but that's just more of a reflection on, on society as a whole today. Nobody is, nobody seems to be really paying attention to what's happening around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we just don't seem as nice to each other as we were. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's we're, we're more disconnected, more closed off, yet we're more connected in other ways than at any time in our history. And it's just fascinating. Yeah. You know, you just from the, the TV shows that we feed into our brains, you know, you know, all these reality TV shows, it seems like they're bent on, you know, watching, you know, families or friends fight. And, you know, mm-hmm. then like we um, mentioned earlier with the, um, Social media, you know, everybody's got their head down on their smartphone. They're trying to get their next Instagram or Facebook post mm-hmm. together. And you're really not, um, you're just really so disengaged from the person next to you. And it's such, it's a, such a sad place. And, you know, I, I kind of, I'm on the fence because it is such a wonderful thing that this technology has brought to us. But, you know, I really wish that we would find some sort of way to balance it out so that we can just be people around people again, you know. So, um, I really do share some of the frustrations that you do have that I'm, I'm getting the sense that are expressed in the narratives and um, looking at the time now before I start running my mouth way, way off course, we better take a, a quick commercial break and we'll be right back right after this. Let's return to Don't Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, hello and welcome back. Today I'm hanging out with Vince Gaglione, and uh, we were discussing uh, some of his narratives before the commercial break. Now, I was um, being nosy and and perusing your uh, website here, and I noticed that you give away um, some of your material for free, which is very (laughs) rare. What was the the motivating factor behind that? Well, I had already done um, four full narratives and then one anthology, which is a compilation of the four plus a few additional new pieces that I'd put together. And I'm working on another one as we speak. So I thought it would be great to just kind of give the first one away. Uh, sales have, have, haven't been great, of course. You know, it's very hard as independent author to gain traction, especially mm-hmm. in this type of, of genre. You know, we're talking personal growth, personal transformation, humanism. Uh, it, it seems to be somewhat of a niche market in a way. So after the initial sales, I mean, most of Narrative One was sold probably to family and friends. 
Mm-hmm. And that has that was probably I mean that, that book has has the most sales and of course the most reviews on it. Uh, sales have declined since that time. So I thought, well, it would be great to just you know give this one away. That way, you know, anyone who maybe if they you know they they want to they're going to balk at the ninety nine cent price tag, they can easily go to the website and download it. So I'm hoping that at least you know that gets gets a few more people to read it. And, you know, hopefully that will, that will help in, in, you know, the, the journey that they're going through right now. Because that was the whole idea of, of the work to begin with. Uh, you know, just put it out there, uh, hoping that, you know, it, it will help someone in, you know, in the future. Okay. So, and you know, this is another, uh, big battle that a lot of self-published authors have to, um, tackle is, you know, once you put your, your baby out there into this universe, you know, you also have to turn into the business person and the whole promotion and, and getting yourself out there, that that is such a tedious task and, and some of us really don't have the time, the resources right. to know how to do that. Um, I'm wondering, do you do a lot of book signings and stuff these days or how are you kind of marketing um, yourself? Well, I market myself mainly through social media, uh, my Facebook and Twitter accounts. Also, Google Plus is where I do some marketing. I just try to promote myself out there. Uh, I, I try to get plugged into some local events here in Raleigh. And if there's an opportunity to do a book signing, I will. It's, it's kind of hard to, you know, just go into like a Barnes and Noble or, or a, a locally owned book, uh, bookshop and, 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 Ask them if you can do a signing or if you can do a giveaway or whatever the case may be. Uh, it's very hard to do. So it, I find that if I get plugged into events where we have faith, um, a, a, a locally owned place has decided to do a, a book signing or a reading or whatever, and they're looking for authors, I'll, I'll sign up and hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll get accepted and I'll, I'll attend that way. But yeah, it's been, it's been really difficult. So most of it has been online. And, and what I've done actually is it's been great to make, <clears throat> make connections with other authors who are, who are in the same boat. So, um, I've, I've made, made a few really good connections, um, authors who, who work in different genres, but we all kind of share the same experience. Okay. So it's been, it's been great in that aspect. Just the, oh. you know, the making the personal connections has been, has been terrific. Okay, you know, and once again, also you can see, you know, you're in there there with other people, you know, kind of bouncing ideas off of each other and kind of keeping the motivation between everybody up because, you know, it kind of, it can get disheartening sometimes like, okay, I've only sold two bucks books here and, you know, this is, this is is my heart and soul here. Wait a minute now, I want somebody else. So you, you need somebody else, you know, on your team to say it's okay. Yeah, it's even worse for me because I I think, you know, I, I, I look at it for what it is, but, you know, I also know that I'm I'm really you know putting my my heart out there. This is these works are all about me. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know about me, read the narrative. And when I you know publish a new one, and I get one sale, and then it's flatlines for the rest of the month. I'm like, <laughs> oh wow, I must people really not want to run it, want to read about me anymore. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of tough, but you know, I, I kind of look at the big picture and I, I go back to the reason why I. I started down this road, so that always that always writes me and, and gets me back on course. 
stay stay encouraged. It takes it takes some time for you know the, mm-hmm. the flame to catch, but when it does, you know, mm-hmm. you just be, just be prepared. That that's all I okay. can say. <laughs> just, just be prepared. <laughs> now let's move on to narratives uh, three, fanning the flames. Mm-hmm. You, you say here mm-hmm. that this departs from its predecessors. Um, right. How how so? Well, three was actually um, written about probably about a year or so after after uh, the death of my, my fiance. So, what I had learned during that time was that all of the anger that that had built up within me um, that was all coming out then, and that was kind of surprising because as you move through you know all five stages of grief, usually you know anger is like one of the first ones. For me, it happened towards the end. Um, and it all came out in three. Three was is more or less just a rant, and it's my commentary on you know what I see happening in society and and the things that really you know drive me crazy about society today. Um, mm-hmm. So it all came out in 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 this in this work, and I realized after after I completed it and looked back on it, I thought, well, wow, this is this is like all of my anger it was here. It was it was in this work. And once the work finished, it, it had kind of melted away. But I had also had, you know, a couple things that I needed to deal with myself to, to release that. So the writing actually helped me release it. And then when I when I had reached a better place, I mean, I, I just I just felt better. It was it was quite amazing. I just felt more calm, more reactive. And I thought, okay, now I'm finally through. I made it through. But it took that long for me to get through. So it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of surprising. Now, with three, and, and you're saying you're getting your anger out and everything, um, was it, were you angry at the the passing of your fiancé, or were you just angry about a lot of other things as well, If even if you, even if you had removed the passing of your significant other? Well, that's a good question. I think that most of it was the anger related to the death, but I think, you know, another part of this was me reconciling, you know, the type of person that I wanted to be versus, you know, who I saw when I looked in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, it was a combination of the two. And by by working through it and by by, you know, saying to myself, Okay, I I've gotten this far, I could I could keep going. I mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm not gonna crumble. I could keep moving forward. Uh, I, I think that that's, that's where it all came together in my mind. Okay. So life became peaceful after three uh, was out there in the universe. And, you know, when life gets peaceful and you're calm, you kind of have the mindset that, okay, this is it. I've arrived. But yet and still, the narratives for evolution came out. Why? Why was that? Right. Well, that was that was actually what happened. So I reached this 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 point where I felt uh, like I had made this. I had I had made the journey, and mm-hmm. I had gotten to the other side, and I was still here to talk about it. And that is is what evolution is all about. So it's kind of like I, I look at that right now. Of the four of them, that's my favorite because that's who I am today, and I keep growing, I keep evolving, um, and I keep becoming. You know, I keep doing better. Uh, for myself, I, I maintain a high standard for myself. I always look to improve in in every aspect of my life, and I, I'm always, you know, taking a, a hard look in the mirror, seeing where I can improve 
how I can do things better. And I think that when I had when I'd written Evolution, it was it was more in line with the type of person that I am today. And I, I realized that yeah, this is this is the type of person I wanted to be. And now I'm looking at things a little bit differently. I'm looking at how you know how how beautiful life is and the things that we cherish. Maybe it's just a one-on-one conversation with somebody you know that that you haven't spoken to in years, and you just reconnect, and and, and it just kind of fills you up. So I realized I was looking at life a little bit differently. I was I was looking at it more of a half full rather than half empty, and I was I was fostering my connection. You know, some of the people that that uh, had been in my life years back that I had reconnected with. Um, you know, it was it was great. So I thought this is this is really what it's all about. For me, it's about connection and it's about experiencing life, being open to what life has in store for me. And I was never I had never really done that in the past. So yeah. it, it all it all seemed to come together um, around that time. So Evolution was written over the summer of last year. And I finished it around September of, uh, of 14. Um, so that's kind of where I, I look at, you know, my, my transformation in a way of beginning. Okay. So it's sounding like your whole transformation took a period of two years? About two years. It did. Maybe a little bit longer. Okay. Okay. Let me be really nosy. Are you dating again? I am. Um, actually, I, I, you know, I'm not really, I was never one to just date a lot. I just kind of gone through periods where I'm in a relationship. And then if it doesn't work out, then I'm out of a relationship for a while. <laughs> so it's, I have these long stretches of long-term relationships and then long stretches of being single. So right now I am single and, um, I, I just was in a relationship for, I guess, about, about 10 months. And it didn't work out. We're going in different directions. So um, now we're we're both single again. So oh. yeah, that's that's kind of what's been happening. That's that's par for the course for me, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, was it awkward entering the dating world again after this? Well, initially it was because back in you know if we go back to 2012 at the very beginning, um, that was I, I had that full year to kind of work through this. So. I, I did not spend any time dating, and I, I think that you know, uh, I, I tried. There were you know people who were who were telling me, "Ah, oh, you should start dating, getting you know, friends. You should get out there." And you know, of course, it's a little bit awkward at first, and you know, you know how it goes with dating these days. It's, it's kind of ridiculous at times. Um, people just you know don't seem to be a hundred percent on the level. They don't take it as seriously as they do. Mm-hmm. That's just my mm-hmm. my thoughts about it. So I had like a whole bunch of first dates canceled. For whatever reason, so mm-hmm. like, wow, am I ever gonna? Is this what dating's like? Because you know, <laughs> the last time I was actually in the dating pool was early 2009. So I was like, wow, has this much changed in three years? Yeah, and I yeah. really had no idea. So, so yeah, it's been a little bit different, but I think it's 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 more of more of an indication of what's happening in society. People have so many things that they're doing to spread thin. They have so many options available to them, and I think that um, you know they can pick and choose. It just doesn't seem to, you know, be a significant part. It's not taken as seriously as it was uh, back in the day. But then again, that could just be my perception. Uh, no, but I, anyway, I think... Yeah, I did meet a... Go ahead, I'm sorry. 
No, no, I, I think that's that's a, a very valid perception. You know, people have too many options. You know, you're always looking, is the next one going to be better? I mean, it could be right. even, you know, a car or a grocery store, I mean, or something, or even and when it comes to dates, you're always looking, is there something better for me? And you don't focus on, you know, building a, a wonderful thing with what's in front of you. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I right. think that's a, that's that's a very common problem that I hear mm-hmm. uh, people talking about when it comes to dating well uh, looking at the time here I think we need to take our last commercial break break, Vince Uh, stay with me we'll be right back right after this okay welcome back to don't box me in here's your host Lana Reed Welcome back. Welcome back. Today I'm hanging out with the author of the book, The Narratives, Keeping the Soul Alive, Mr. Vince Gaglione. And uh, we were talking about a multitude of things throughout this past uh, time we've been spending together here, um, many of the books that he's written. And I want to make sure that I kind of touch bases on uh, some of the other stuff that he's written besides the narratives. Now, one of the other books I see you have out here is called uh, In the Dark Recesses. Uh, mm-hmm. What 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 exactly is that one about? Well, that book is a, a short book of dark poetry and prose. So uh, I think of it as uh, this this happened during uh, during a period of time where I, I kind of I kind of felt a little bit uh, insecure. I felt in flux. I felt like there was something you know things going on within me that I was wrestling with. A lot of it had to do with my fears, my insecurities. Um, things that I've been carrying around with me for a long time. And they seem to kind of materialize right around the time where, uh, when, when I finished evolution. And I thought, <clears throat> well, it would be great to explore this and actually just, just put these down and see what this looks like. Try to figure out, try to get at what's really bothering me, you know. And, and, and a lot of this goes back to, you know, issues that, that I carried around with me since my childhood, my teenage years. Um, but, you know, every now and then things will come up in life where it, it kind of triggers a memory or triggers an emotion. And, you know, it, you wonder, wasn't this something that I put away years ago? I haven't, I haven't felt this way in forever. What the heck happened? So mm-hmm. In the Dark Recesses is, is, is about exploring those types of emotions. And I decided to try to do a little bit of poetry with some of it. Um, so some of the entries are actually prose and, and others are, are poetry. There's only nine in that book. It's very short. It's about an hour read if that, probably 45 minutes, so it's a quick read. But it, it, it goes deep into, you know, into my psyche. And I thought it would be, a, you know, a really good exercise for me. So, uh, like I said, you know, the, what I write is, is it's always about me. It's, it's the things that I'm dealing with. Um, you know, it, it really gets to to the core of who I am, and I'm, I'm putting all of that out there in the public domain, which is kind of scary. A number of people have told me that it's very scary, and they don't know how I do it because they'd never be able to do it. But um, I don't mind sharing it. Yeah, being completely naked out there in the public is it's it's can be an overwhelming sensation, but it's also a very liberating. Yeah, it's like going back to dates. If any of my dates read this stuff, oh my gosh. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope they don't get that until maybe like six months in, and they're like, "Okay, yeah, there you go. wait a minute, why did you tell me all of this?" <laughs> now, you know, talking to you today, all day today, you know, it's very clear that Vince's writing is really for a tool for Vince to heal. Um, but mm-hmm. what what would you want the reader to take away from the stuff that you write? Well, 
Well, I want them to take away that, you know, what I go through, the things that I deal with, I'm sure uh, many of us do. Um, and I want them to know that they're not alone. You know, someone feels the way you feel. And, you know, here is how I dealt with it. So this might be a tool to help the reader deal with those same types of issues. Okay. Awesome. Now, these other books, because I, I get my tongue together here. So going back to your teenage years, and I, I think you wrote some sort of mystery novels or whatever, and I'm looking at these other titles uh Eva or Eva and Chasing Angels, and I see like there's like a main character. Are these going back to the stuff that you used to write in your teenage years? Actually, Chasing Angels is. It's a story that I, I cobbled together um, in, a, in a different form altogether when I was about 16. Uh, and then I decided uh, to think about, well, I always wanted to look back on some of these stories and try to write them today as I would write them today. Um, so that was one of them, and that's a, that's a short story about a man who is kind of plagued by his dreams, and he is unsure as time goes on whether his dreams are actually reality. Um, so parts of that story, every every one of my short stories that I write, every, every you know piece that is you know, considered fiction, uh, has some part of the main character is 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 an extension of who I am. So this kind of goes back to, you know, my youth and, and some of the things that I, you know, was experiencing. And, you know, sometimes I thought maybe my, my reality and my dreams didn't work. So I decided to take that short and then write it uh, today and, and drop it out there and see what happens. So it kind of has, you know, has some, some metaphysical elements to it. A little, uh, it's, it's more in line with suspense. Same with Ava. That's the other short that I've done, a uh, suspenseful story, but that was actually um, was a little bit different. Um, the background on that is uh, I had a friend who was reading my works and, and, and reading uh, and read the other shorts and said, you know, you should write something with a happy ending. I said, hmm, that's good. You know, I don't write anything. Nothing has a happy ending right now. You're right. So I decided to write, come up with the concept and, and create a happy ending. So that's kind of how that one came about. Um, oh. Similar type of theme, but it also rolls into um, you know, the, the main the main idea. Or the, the the plot is uh, there's a, a man who you know he lost his fiance, and now all of a sudden the dark force is kind of taking over his town, and he's got to try to figure out you know why this is happening before it just devours everything in its path, including his remaining loved ones. Okay. So that's the that's the the, the plot and the theme of that story. Okay. So you mentioned the friend uh, suggesting that you um, put in a happy ending into one of your pieces, mm-hmm. and so that's how right. the the everything. So do you usually you know write something and hand it over to somebody to kind of dissect? Well, I, I I haven't really done that. I've you know I, I I've told friends you know what I'm doing, and they may ask, hey, can I read it? So mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and give them a copy, and then I'll ask them what you know what they think of it. But um, uh, yeah, I don't I don't go out and, and solicit you know friends to to you know review stories for me. They're kind of just interested in what I write, so I, I give them a copy, and then they they got to know what they think. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of how it goes. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it, it's worked out pretty well. I mean, I've sent a few narrative essays to one of my good friends. 
and uh, I've always gotten really good feedback on that. Um, but I, I don't really send things up too often. I, like I said, I you know I think all my friends who you know who read Nervous One, they don't want to have anything to do with it anymore, so they're not asking <laughs> for uh, for copies. <laughs> well, that's so, hard. Actually, that was the one thing I did want to mention is that uh, I I noticed that you know the sales had declined after Nervous One, but you know this type of writing. Uh, putting your soul on on, mm. on display for the world to see, even your close friends. I mean, I'm sure that there are things that you know that they read that they were uncomfortable with and they didn't mm-hmm. know about it. And you know, maybe they didn't want to read anymore. So I, I noticed a steady decline from one to two to three to evolution in sales. And I know that that first batch of sales were were my friends and, and family who had, had purchased the book. So that that's a tough thing as well, you know. Mm-hmm. So maybe your maybe your audience your target yeah maybe your target target audience will be a bunch of strangers because you know us being the nosy people that we are and liking to delve into other people's lives you know yeah um, yes. you know maybe that that's who your target audience is you know that that nosy person mm-hmm. who wants to read about other person's problems issues complications in life mm-hmm. and you know how to crawl out of their holes so. Right. I wish I had There's, a good reality TV story, but you know I don't have any of those. This is, this is deep stuff. So. <laughs> you don't have any of those now. I, we don't have any Not of those now. now. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So Vince, what what's on the pipeline? What do you got coming out next? Well, I'm working on another installment of the narrative, and this is going to be titled Transformation. So this is about um, <clears throat> this is post evolution. This is this is where I am today, and um, realizing that I am a different person. Realizing that I am much different today than I was three years ago, right before the death. You know, there were there are certain things that, that I recognized in myself that you know I, maybe I, I I didn't really I wouldn't have known about unless I had gone through that experience. So that that's in the pipeline that's being worked on, and then I have a couple other ideas for maybe a couple of short stories. There was one person in particular who read a few other things that I hadn't published and. Uh, say that, you know, some of this stuff sounds really good and it sounds like you could be a romance novelist. And I thought, mm. I never even thought of doing that. But then I thought, mm, maybe it's possible. So I'm not sure. I might actually, I have a story, I have a concept that I probably could do and turn that into a romance novella, but I'm not sure where that sits just yet. I'm going to worry about that after I'm done transformation. Try it. You never know. So what's the best mm-hmm. way people can pick up a copy of any of your works? Well, the works are all on Amazon. Um, they were on iBooks for a brief period of time, but I, I've taken them off iBooks because I wanted to drop them back into the Kindle lending library. So if you've got an e-reader, you can go ahead and download it for free um, if you have a Prime account, or you can purchase the books. They're, they're all on Amazon. If you want paperback copies, you can get those uh, through Amazon or on CreateSpace as well. Um, so that's where you'll find everything that I've written to date. Cool, cool, cool. Well, we are at the end of the hour here, Vince. I've, I've had a good time talking about Vince and learning Vince, and hopefully, um, you know, the, the future dates won't get a hold of any of the copies until six or eight months into the relationship. My guess. on the rocking key. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just bring that out later, you know. So my guest today has been Vince uh, Gaglione. <laughs> 
please visit his website, VinceGaglione.com. That is Vince, G-U-A-G-L-I-O-N-E.com. Vince, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. That is all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There's always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. I am your host, Lana Reed, and I'll see you all next week.